Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Uh, Let's stand together. I want to read from Jude, the only chapter in that book. So I'll call it the first chapter, one verse of Scripture. How many love the Word of the Lord today? Now, Brother Whitman, last Sunday, did a great job bringing the Word to us, and some of you may have forgotten what he said at the beginning of his message. He said it was all right with him for folks to amen the preacher. I concur. In fact, this is a Pentecostal church. It's not just a Pentecostal church. It's an apostolic Pentecostal church. Amen. And we believe in amen in the preacher, especially if you agree with him. Some of you got that. You can agree with him even if, uh, or you can say amen even if you don't agree with him. Because what he's saying is the truth. Amen. Jude chapter 1, verse number 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, believe it or not, this is one of those times uh, Paul here, or Jude here writing, says it's okay to be contentious. Boy, it's getting quieter, Sister Barb. Uh, It's in the book. Uh, You heard me read it. Maybe you didn't say amen because you're not quite sure where I'm going. He says, "You, uh, I'm going to exhort you. It's needful that I write to you and remind you, exhort you, encourage you that you should earnestly, that means with some passion, with some fire, do what? Contend. Contend for the faith. I'm telling you, it's okay to be contentious today if you're being contentious about the right thing. In fact, the writer here of the New Testament says you're supposed to do it. Well, you'll see a little bit more before I get down here today what I'm talking about. Let's pray. And uh, I, I want you to help me pray right now that the devil would get a black eye and that people would open their mouth and amen the preacher. Because every time you do that, you're giving the devil a black eye. Amen. Most importantly, I want you to help me pray that God has his way in the rest of this service. Heavenly Father, we know that you're here. You've brought us here. You brought us here for a reason. And the reason right now, at this moment, for the next few minutes in this service is for you to talk to your people. For you to talk to whoever will listen. And we want to listen, God. We want your will to be done. We want you to open our heart, enlarge our heart, to receive whatever it is you would say to us. God, stir us today. Stir us for the cause of your kingdom. Get us excited, God, for the cause of revival and souls who are lost and on their way to a burning devil's hell, that they would be stopped in their tracks, diverted and headed toward heaven and eternity there with you instead. 
God, help us to realize today that this is not just another Sunday service. None of them is, but this is life and death. This is eternity. This is forever. Help us to remember that as we feed from your word today. Change us as you need to, and let your will be done in us, we pray. Somebody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. How many want to be happy in life? How many want to be successful? Then I need to tell you something. You cannot possibly expect to achieve what you want to achieve, to be happy and to be successful in life unless and until you bring yourself to a place where you can say, you understand, and you say, you know what, I've got some work to do with this life of mine. I've got to make some decisions. Uh, In that sense, then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, life kind of uh, comes with it. Uh, I'm going to call it, for illustrational purposes, uh, it comes with some instructions that say, that read like this, uh, some assembly required. That's the title of my message today, some assembly required. In other words, you got to put it together. Here we are in a church today. It's an apostolic church. This is a Bible-believing church. Uh, And this church, like most churches, is filled with struggling people who are trying to do right. And sometimes we do pretty good at it, and sometimes we don't. But we do realize that to have a church, a godly church, a holy church, Bible-believing church, it requires some effort. You've got to come to grips with making some right decisions. So, in that sense, the church comes with some assembly required for you. Uh, Now, that's not to say that the pattern that the Lord left us is flawed. He said, uh, I will build my church, and uh, he did a good job of it. There's nothing wrong with the church, the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ. But when it comes to us... We don't have to worry about a a flawed plan of salvation. We don't have to worry about uh, uh, the, the things that God left for us to preach and to teach. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. It's forever true. It is never changing. But when it comes for for you and I, when it comes time for us to get personally involved, there's some assembly required. We've got to believe on him. We've got to make an effort. We've got to strive to walk with God. We've got to make decisions. We need to make 
good decisions and uh, our relationship with God, uh, it, it requires attention. Somebody say amen. So in that sense, even the church comes with some assembly required or necessary. And also think about this too. We all have to face the fact that we are going to have to face the future, and the future is unknowable. Uh, you young people that are here today, believe me, we can hardly predict the weather, let alone what 10 years out is going to present to us or five years uh, life down the road in five years. So whatever happens in your life from today forward requires some participation on your part. So in that sense, the future requires some assembly. So life and church and the future, ladies and gentlemen, some assembly is required. And you're going to have to uh, put some stuff together to make it through this life, to get where you need to be, where you need to get to. Uh, I brought with me today, for illustration purposes, uh, a box. And it's an ordinary cardboard box. Everybody here has seen one. You know what it is. You're familiar with it. And especially in the society and culture in which we live today, cardboard boxes appearing on the front porches and garages and carports of homes across America is something that is quite common. Uh, there have been people at my house down through the years who just love these things. At least they love to get them in the mail or off the delivery truck, FedEx or UPS, what have you. Have, have you ever gotten a box <clears throat> and you, uh, you look it over on the outside and uh, I'm talking to you men right now. You start to shake it and you hear some things rattling and there's something that catches your eye. This one doesn't have it. But some boxes come with all kinds of drawings and figures on the outside of it. And, and, and I'm talking about something that is frightening and shocking to every mortal man in this room. Uh, now, I, I believe you may make the argument, you can actually make the argument that overall women may actually be better uh, at putting things together than men. You know, I thought more than just one or two rights, I thought the place would fill with applause, ladies. Some assembly is required. You know, I remember dreading Christmas and uh, the things that would come associated with Christmas, and that is staying up all night the night before, depending on the customs in your home and, and what your kids uh, were taught or allowed to uh, believe or not believe. But Christmas was a time, at least for in our house, for the man of the house to get busy and to put things together. And we would, uh, we would try to do it in a way that my mama taught me how to do and years ago, and that was 
by reading the directions. That's another thing we men have problems with. Give me a picture, you know. <laughs> you men, these ladies are clapping now on that. Give me a picture. And I've noticed, especially with electronic items that we have purchased over the last few years, they come with a diagram. They know people don't want to read the fine print directions. Just go right to the pictures. Big box numbered one and a picture showing you what to do. And then the next box labeled number two and it shows you what to do next. Uh, I, I know that that's true because I've seen men do it. Skip the instructions. Uh, and if you are going to follow the directions, you open the box, and the first thing you have to do, they say in the directions, is what? Take inventory. Figure out if you got everything. And uh, woe be unto you if you're counting the parts and you're matching them with the picture and uh, uh, something is missing. And sometimes... You know, I have trouble with the description of the part. I don't even know if I'm looking for the right thing or at the right thing. But when I look and I realize that there's a part missing, I mean, how often does that happen? I don't know about you, but me, it seems like it's all too often. Uh, I open the box and pull a part out, and that's not even a weed eater part. Uh, they've given me the right box, but they put the wrong parts, uh, and I'm looking at the right picture, but I don't have the right parts to put that together. Now, would you be happy about that? I don't think so. Uh, I can see some of you walking right back into Walmart. You drove right back to Walmart, and you walk in with your head held high, and you're going to set some people straight because the wrong parts are in the box. I believe that we as a church, as the church, need to understand some things today. We need to understand that this world needs the church. This city needs the church. A church that will have a profound impact upon our society. This world needs a church that will show them a way of escape from the destruction that is coming our way very soon. This world needs a church that will show them how to be delivered from the horror of sin and degradation and from this continual bombardment of hell's atrocities that we continue to live with on every hand. Because of all of these things, we need an apostolic church, the kind that was once delivered to the saints. We need a church that can weather the storm of, of false doctrine. We need a church that can work the miracle in our life that we need. We need that anointing. We need that power. We need that touch, that revelation from God. We don't need folks anymore just to hear from men and a pretty sermon, but we need to hear from the Creator, from the God who formed it all, the one who breathed into us the breath of life. 
We need our lives to work. We need the parts to fit together and and to be successful. I'm sure that everybody here would like to have a successful, happy life uh, if you're normal. And if you are, if that's your goal, then you don't want to just go to any old church. I believe that this church is striving to be an apostolic church. Uh, but, but trust me, I get frustrated with humanity, uh, with things in life, just like you do. And, and I get frustrated sometimes with members of this church. I get frustrated with myself because we lose sight of the fact that our duty, if you please, is to have a spirit-filled, anointed church. And we need to be excited about it. We need to be on fire about it, folks. And we need to be passionate about this place and what happens, what goes on here. And the good news is God has given us everything that we need to put it all together. I know he paid the price for it all. Amen at Calvary's cross, but we've got to remember that he told us there's a few things we have to do to assemble it together, if you will. He said things like, you need to repent or you'll perish. Things like, you must believe that he is, he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if we start slacking off in that, if we fail to believe that God can do it, God can do anything, God can bring revival to any city and any life and any home, if we fail, if we start uh, slowing down and believing that God is our resource and our hope, the Bible says we can die in our sins. So in that sense, you have to understand there's some assembly required. I don't know very much about the future. I think about it quite a bit, but I don't know very much about it. I do know this, that what we are facing in the world today, in this country, in our society, things are happening fast. Things are going downhill spiritually and in other ways fast. I've never seen it like this. And we need to understand some things today. We need to remember that what we are facing, what people are facing today, uh, we need more than what we can come up with on our own. It, it requires the future, the very near future, requires something that we cannot generate with our own ability or our own consciousness or mind or intellect or, or whatever. You and I can't predict the future. Nobody can. Folks, that's why we need this book that I am holding in my hand. We need it desperately, more than ever before. We need it to give us some advice. We need these instructions. Amen. Does anybody here want to have a church that meets the needs of people? 
Does anybody here want to have a church that people can walk through those doors every single Sunday and there not be an off Sunday and there not be a quiet Sunday and, oh, well, we'll have to ask them to come back next Sunday? Does anybody here want to have a place that people can come to that's a New Testament church? A New Testament church. Well, folks, if we're going to have a New Testament church, then we've got to read the instructions on how they did it. If you're going to have a church like they did, you've got to have a Holy Ghost-filled church. If we're going to have the right kind of church, then we've got to have a divine healing church. We've got to have a miracle-working church. We ought to have a gifts of the Spirit church. We ought to have a church with powerful teaching and preaching. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have karaoke church. How many know what a karaoke machine is? Some of you may not. We've had those at our house. That's a machine that plays songs for you to sing along with. And uh, sometimes you can vaguely hear somebody in the background, somebody trying to keep you on tune you can hear the original melody, but it may or may not have any bearing on what the person is singing, depending on their musical ability. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want church to be karaoke church. Way back in the background there, every once in a while, sometime you can kind of kind of hear the apostolic message ever so often. You know where you, you kind of know there's something there and the background is there. Uh, but the singing, the worship, the praise, going through the motions, doing it our way. Somewhere, ladies and gentlemen, some body has got to get back in this book and say one more time one more time I know what brings your anointing God it's the cry of a desperate heart snotting and crying on the floor in the midnight hour sometime God we need your anointing one more time in this end time hour it, it may take a little assembling it may take a little putting together putting it together but whatever it takes if it takes some three day fast, if it takes some seven day fast, if it takes some all night prayer meetings, and I mean all night prayer meetings, we call it all night, but it's been years since somebody stayed in this church all night praying. If that's what it took in the last century, who do we think we are that we can get by without those things? One more time, God, put together for us a God-believing, a Holy Ghost-filled, one God, tongue-talking, Jesus-name-baptized church. Because that's what it's going to take to deliver this world. I don't want to be a dull preacher, I, uh, but I don't want to tickle your ears either. I want to be a crazy preacher. I want to be a passion-filled 
preacher filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost and the anointing. God, help me to preach it without fear or favor, to preach it like it is, without apology, without doubt, without fear, without old-fashioned scurrying away, but some new-fashioned conviction that says, God, this is the way it is, and you said it, and I believe it. Thus saith the Lord. This is that. Praise God. Now, everybody, everybody's not going to be in lockstep with this. I know that. There are people, and they've been through this church before. There's always going to be people who will seek out churches and pastors that will tell them what they want to hear. Shame on the pastor that won't seek out what's in this book and preach it. One Lord. One faith, one baptism. It's right here. It's in here. Modesty, sanctification, holiness, godliness. Uh, Come on, church. If you're going to have an apostolic church, it comes with a little assembly required. You've got to put some things together. You've got to put your mind together. You've got to put your thoughts together, your attitude together. You've got to get your doctrine right and stand on it. Paul said it was needful, it was necessary that I write to you concerning the faith, contending for the faith that was delivered once, one time, and once was enough. There's not going to be another faith. There's not going to be another plan of salvation. You've got it. This is it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we've got folks, we've got folks that are going to come through those doors looking for something and saying, you know what, I, I, mean, I don't know what y'all, you people have got, but I, I'm in need of help. I've got messed up children, and, and i got troubles and turmoil in my life, and my family is messed up, and my marriage is messed up, and my life is messed up, and I, I need something, something to help me. Listen, those folks don't need somebody trying to spend a half an hour to explain to them the meaning of some Greek word and this Greek word and that Greek word. They don't need somebody trying to prove their education and their degrees with the streets of this city filled with crime and drug addiction and perversion and godlessness with the youth of our society right here in this town cutting themselves and becoming alcoholics before they're even out of high school. Mothers shooting their sons and their daughters. Listen, there's a lot of desperate people right here in Mount. Vernon, Illinois, even if they don't tell you that they're desperate, they're desperate. Hallelujah. They may not talk to you about their trouble, their broken home, their broken family, their broken lives. But all of us have struggles. We've got our fears and our uncertainties. And they walk through the doors of this church, when that happens, what are they going to find? 
Are they going to open the box and just begin to scratch their head and wonder what on earth? I, I can't figure this out because it hasn't been put together yet. So you open it up and you dump, dump the parts out. I don't want them to have to walk out of here and say, I guess I better go find another church because this one doesn't have what I need. Hallelujah. I need some divine healing. Listen, I believe God still heals anything and everything. I don't want them to leave here and say, I need to find one where the Holy Ghost is moving. What if they walk in here on an off day and we just are writing it off? Well, it'll be better next Sunday. And they end up living in hell for all of eternity because we were willing to put up with the status quo of another off Sunday. Well, it's just quiet in here Sunday. It'll be better next Sunday. I'm telling you. Not only is that not pleasing to God, but there are eternal souls hanging in the balance, waiting on us, depending on us to be who and what God has called us to be, an apostolic church. Come on, Calvary. It's possible. It's possible to have a full-fledged apostolic church, but a little assembly is required. There's some fasting that needs to be done. There's some folks that need to, to start coming to prayer sometimes who haven't darkened the door of a prayer meeting in this church. How long do you think that we're going to have to continue to say to somebody else, we can't get everybody on board in the prayer ministry, so you just go find some other church where they're willing to pray the price because we're not willing here. Now, y'all may kick me out next Sunday. I don't know. The, the board may get together this week and say, you know, things are going along pretty good until Brother Edward started messing with things in his sermon last Sunday. If that's the case, then so be it. But I've made up my mind. God's going to have a church, if I have anything to say about it, a church where people can come and be delivered. And I'm calling on everyone who calls this home. Let's get busy with the assembling. Is there anybody here today that somehow one day you stumbled out of the world into this apostolic church or one somewhere and somebody delivered to you the message that said, Follow this, do this, obey this, and you can have power. It's got to be an anointed church, a God-directed church, a holy living church. Listen, folks, I believe if we do what this book says, we can still turn our world upside down. Hallelujah. And it's not going to happen with our degrees. There's people in this church that thought in the past, we have to plan it in some planning session somewhere to have revival. Uh-uh. It's got to be born in a hot, red-hot prayer meeting where intercessory prayer becomes known again to this church.
It's not going to be done with talent. And it's not going to be done with ability or human intellect or ingenuity. Come on, Calvary. It's time we say it like the Bible says it. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Listen, listen, we're not trying to build some church, some kind of church that would be accepted by our society's standards of what they think is acceptable. We're not trying to build a church that's accepted by universities and colleges and academia that's accepted by what passes for Christianity today in this country. I couldn't care less if the rest of the churches in this town like our doctrine or not. I'm going to stand for the truth. Because the truth is the only thing that will set people free. Uh, I, I promise you, I, I, I'm not asking, I'm not asking anything of you that God doesn't ask of you. I, I, I just like to have a place where people can come, black and white young and old, rich and poor, whoever they are, wherever they may come from, where we can pray for people who are sick and they get healed. Where we can see people come to this altar and repent of their sins and get forgiveness. Where we can take them to the water and baptize them. It's not complicated. It just takes a little bit of work it takes some assembly but if we get it right if we get it right then they'll come I said they'll come they'll come by the droves cause people in this society are sick and tired of false religion they're sick and tired of promises by people that can't help them but if we'll get it right, they'll come, and they'll come up out of that water, speaking in other tongues as the Holy Ghost falls on them. Hallelujah. Does anybody else want that kind of church? If you do, I'm not going to beg you to come up here, because I know everybody's not. We'll never get 100% of everybody on board. If we could, my goodness, what would happen? But those of you that will, you want that kind of church. Just be selfish about it. You want that kind of a church because of what it'll mean to your family. Your family might even get saved if we have that kind of church. But it's going to take some work. It's going to take some assembly. If you want that kind of church, would you find a place to pray? Right now? Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. 
Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.